We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast brought to you this week by MyBookie.com. As always, I'm your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. Joined by my co-host, Nathan. What's going on, Poop Eater? Oh, the poop is in the air, boys and girls. It's not, not a good day for the Nate Dog. And uh-huh. also, I, I, I see that it's written down in the document incorrectly and you keep on saying it incorrectly. It's MyBookie.ag, the wonderful folks at MyBookie.ag. It's true. Sorry, I've been programmed through my entire life to do .com, and yeah, don't mind me just ruining our own sponsorship deal with mybookie.ag. Well, with that being said, we have a guest today. It's the other half of the Dynasty Crossroads uh, podcast, right? And that is Jake Anderson. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? How are you doing tonight? Doing well. We had Pete Pete on, uh, what, two, three weeks ago, Nathan? It 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 was two weeks ago. And I was not there for that. So this this is now Dan is in, right? And mo- mostly, <laughs> mostly Dan Dan is out and Jake is in. And I'm very disappointed that Jake does not have a British accent. So yeah, it's hard to live up to that kind of that for, you know that stage that Peter sets with with just his accent. I mean, we we get to see all of his misspellings on Twitter, and his accent just makes up for all of those. 
No, it's it's exactly true. I listened to that pod when I wasn't on it, and uh, and yeah, I was like, man, this is a classy pod. So I'm happy to hear that we <laughs> got a guest who's not going to threaten me with class. That's what I'm excited about. I assure you. <laughs> well, as Nathan alluded to, Mike Davis did in fact become the bell cow this weekend, thanks to a Chris Carson injury. And I'm not gonna I did I'm not gonna go program the opening of the show again, Nathan, but and I'm not I'm actually not gonna make you dog poop. Dan, if he was here, he's mean, he'd make you dog poop. I guess what will you say you've learned? Have you maybe learned not to make such hyperbolic free bets about dog poop? Or what is it what is this you've learned? I, I will say I, I've learned I I mean like I will say that for the most part, I'm a person who lives up to his bets. Like I honestly feel bad that I'm not eating dog poop right now. I really so, don't. I don't need it. But I'm not doing it for. I wouldn't if I were to do it. It wouldn't be for you. It'd be to live up to my own bets because I'm a man who believes in paying off your bets. So I will make a promise that from now on, if I make a stupid bet on this podcast, <laughs> it would be something that I can actually live up to without harming myself uh, health wise. Interesting. I, you know, actually, I would be curious to have a doctor's recommendation as if eating dog poop could, in fact, harm 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 a full grown adult human being who's seventeen years old. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's actually the case. I've never tried it. I've never seen someone do that before. Well, isn't there talk like there's that like, farts help prevent cancer? So eating dog poop has to even <laughs> be better than that for you. Yeah, dude, dude, <laughs> get on that level, Nathan. All right. I'll give you guys a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $5 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $5. Become a Rotoviz Radio Patreon today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network grow and continue to produce high quality, industry leading programming yeah and as we tell you every week as a loyal listener of this podcast you can get a 30 percent off discount to rotoviz nfl pass right now it's available through the nfl podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast the season is here it's basically already through but uh that's not true you can win uh so make sure that you're ready and uh and rotoviz is a great way to do that for both in season and off season coming up so again unlimited access to our nfl content and tools so you can get amazing value support the podcast network once again that's rotoviz slash podcast all right, let's circle back to the fantasy side of Mike Davis just for a second. I know that Eric, Dan, and I have talked about it quite a bit over the last few weeks. But, Jake, what are what are your thoughts on Mike Davis as a long-term asset? Is he more of a guy that's just taking advantage of a situation where he's put in right now with injuries and, you know, the coaching staff not trusting Rashad Penny yet? Or do you think Mike Davis is a legitimate, like, player over the next couple of seasons? I mean, Mike Davis is a player that I, I really liked when he was drafted by the 49ers. Um He's a guy that's got a little bit of a belly on him. <clears throat> so with a, being a guy with a little bit of a belly on him, I appreciate that he can still perform athletically <laughs> the way he does. Uh, he's he's kinda, he's still little belly can perform on the podcast. That's really that's good. right. That's right. And uh, I mean, he's he's he, he's kind of a chubby guy, but he I think he looks really athletic for his for for his size. Like when you watch him on tape, you wouldn't think he'd have the burst or the agility that he does. I think he's just a really good player. He can catch the ball. Um, he's a really well-rounded player. He's got good vision. Um, so I, I just kind of enjoy that Rashad Penny's the third best running back on his team when they drafted him in the first round. Uh, but as far as long-term value, I don't know if he's ever going to be a you know one A type of player. But I think he's definitely 
plenty good to possibly be a one B on a, on a on a team. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sure his his ceiling is limited, but I do like the player. Yeah, I mean the the draft pedigree is what I what always interested me, and ultimately why I made a statement that if you're really desperate in a league, which led to the poop bet of Mike Davis, is maybe you could you could roster Mike Davis, and that was that was kind of where I always hung my hat at fourth round pick um, on a team that seems starved and a bad coach. I'd like to point out too. So maybe he's been holding him back or maybe he drafted a running back in the first round and like, I don't know, like not use him at all. And uh, maybe that would happen uh, a full Bishop Sankey situation happening here. But yeah, I, I, I personally like Davis a lot, but I don't know that he's anything more than a flash in the pan this year, but he has any, anytime he's gotten uh, gotten double digit carries essentially this year, he's, He's gone uh, for 28 in week four, 15 in week five, 17 in week nine. It, it looks like he's got the D, it looks like he's got it um, and should be able to produce if he does get the role, um, even with his little bit of belly there. Nathan, you want to you come around, say Mike Davis is on one of your squads these days? Oh, he is. I, I won a game with Mike Davis. I, I had to like hedge my bets by acquiring him right after I said that. So I mean, that, that's just happened. Every week is what you're saying. No, no, just one, just one league. But yeah, uh, with Mike Davis, I I pretty much just think he's a, a this year type thing. I don't think he's going to go into next year as the lead back in Seattle. I think the Penny eventually is going to be, be the lead back in Seattle with that first round draft pedigree, more so than a fourth round in another team, Eric. Um, sure, but sure. I mean, yeah. I, I I agree. I'm just saying he has talent, and and the dynasty community was interested in him. He was not yeah. a nobody going into draft season. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, he, he had like some Debbie hype like the year before he got drafted as well. He kind of reminds he kind of reminds me of what Alex Collins was like, where everybody kind of completely slept on Collins, but he had a lot of pedigree, and then like kind of has, has started to emerge. Now, do I think he's going to have that kind of success? I do not. I think I'm with you, Nathan. I think he is going to be a backup somewhere else, and he'll be another situation of if there's an injury, Mike Davis becomes relevant. But the 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 truth of the matter is, for the next couple of years, he's probably on your roster. Or a roster. All right, let's move on to our next topic, and it's going to be Mr. Nick Mullins. I will be honest with you; I did not who knew. I did not know who Nick Mullins was last Wednesday. I yep. certainly did not. Um, I could bet on that one, man. Yeah, uh, but I did start him on Thursday in a superflex league because uh, I had Bethard as my only quarterback as a bye weeks. So, anyways, Nick Mullins uh, is he a guy who starts the rest of the year for the Niners after what he's shown? Is there any chance he gives Jimmy Garoppolo a run, or is this just, oh, it was one game against the terrible Raiders? Go well, with Jake first. Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think the the main talking point there is that he was facing a team that is obviously tanking for next year. You know, it wants to get rid of its best players. It wants to uh, accumulate as many draft picks as possible. They are tanking, and I, I've said it on Twitter that John Gruden – definitely plays dynasty football because if you're going to lose, you might as well go all the way and lose. So it's, I it's, think, I've said it on this podcast before, John Gruden, the Nathan Powell. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, Nathan Powell would never sign Jordy Nelson and Doug Martin. though. So <laughs> that's true. You would go for more Debbie picks. Fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, well, and, and, and just to, just a pivot off of what you said, Jake, as far as, playing teams you're tanking, I'm just going to throw out his schedule in the upcoming weeks, and that is the Giants, the Bucks, Seattle, which isn't tanking, mind you, Broncos, and Seattle again. I mean, 
I don't know, out of out of the next five weeks, it looks like he's going to have a couple teams that are tanking again. And I do think he managed to work himself into the starting role and looked well-prepared and looked good. But yeah, it's it's probably very, very easy to look good against that team on a short week. Yeah, and no, I don't want to take anything away from him. He, he looked really good. I mean, they talked extensively how prepared this guy is. Um, it seems like he's one of those quarterbacks that lives and breathes football and and puts in more work than even the starter or the coach does. Um, so he's going to take advantage of the opportunity he gets. Um, he's got some talent. I I've went back and watched some of his college film. He's a guy that, you know, likes to throw down the seam, likes the middle of the field. I don't know if he has the arm strength to really stretch the perimeter of the field, the sidelines. Um, but the, there was an interesting stat, I think, I don't think any of his completions came with uh, a defender within one yard of the completed pass, which wow. is just like, how do you even evaluate that kind of performance? But um, well, how do you come up with that stat? I guess that's yeah. 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 Kudos well, to you. Next, next gen. gen. Yeah. yeah, next gen. Now. I understand. So, I, I mean, the schedule is definitely enticing. Um, I picked them up in a bunch of leagues for free. Um, I actually had Bethard and I thought I switched him in, but so I had no quarterback this week in that league, which was great. Um, but besides that, I think he's a guy that if you're desperate for quarterback help that you might be plugging in over the next few weeks, I think he's probably going to hold on to that job. But let's say if he has a really, really poor performance, I think they're, you know, they wouldn't have a problem putting CJ Beathard back in there either. And I mean, that, I think that's the thing is like, I, I think he probably is fighting for this job the rest of the go around this year. But I mean, the thing that happened, like the thing that happened last week with him is he just solidified like a backup role or a third string role in the NFL for the foreseeable future. The next couple of years, he just got himself a couple million dollars. I'm not sure that there's much analysis beyond that. If you're in a super flex league, as Nathan said, he's a deep dive and he was a really deep dive even before he broke out. But I don't think he's going to be, if he's starting, then he has immediate value in, in super flex leagues. But uh, I don't, I don't anticipate him ever overtaking Jimmy G, which I think you asked the question, Nathan, right off the bat. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't see that in his range of outcomes either, especially with the big contract Jimmy G had, but also because Jimmy G is much better at football than he is. Uh, but in, in general, I think the play here is that if you're competing, you kind of just you use Mullins if you're desperate for a quarterback. If you're not competing or if you have the quarterback depth, this is a very easy, like, if I'm competing and I need a, you know, a quarterback in Superflex, I'm fine throwing like a late second or early, early third in Nick Mullins. But in the same token, if I have the depth or if I'm not competing, I'll take that pick every day of the week and twice on Sunday for Mullins. So basically, if you need Mullins, then, you know, trade a late pick for him. If you don't need Mullins, trade trade away him for a late pick. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, okay, let's go ahead and move on and talk about um, – the guy on the, uh, I think we talked about a trade. Uh, maybe it was off. I can't remember now, but for Devonte Freeman, I think it was actually for James Connor. Kudos to you, Jake Anderson. Kudos to you. <laughs> uh, but but this is the opposite end of that, and that is Tevin Coleman um, looked really good this week. Um, so I'll throw it to Nathan here. What what are you doing with Tevin, Nathan? Are you? It looks like he might have us either either have a, a ton of free agency value or actually have solidified a role in this offense even with Freeman's contract yeah it, it was always a conversation after the Jarek McKinnon signing where Jarek McKinnon rose up into the top seven top eight running backs right. in dynasty being sold for you know a couple first round picks in some leagues that type of valuation people were like okay who's the next Jarek McKinnon and everyone pointed to Tevin Coleman and Duke Johnson Duke Johnson signs a long-term extension. He's going to be competing. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about 
Duke in a little bit as well. But he's going to be competing with Chubb for touches in the long term. Uh, and now Tevin Coleman, he is not signed long term, and he's going to be the pending free agent. And if Jarek McKinnon basically tripled his value upon signing with the Niners, just imagine what Tevin Coleman's going to do when he signs to have a backfield all to himself because he's going to get a top five RB salary type contract because that's what happened with McKinnon because most of the you know top running backs are still on their rookie contract. So uh, Tevin Coleman's going to be paid as a top six, top seven running back uh, at, in the worst case scenario. And then his, his nice value, it's kind of hard to envision it skyrocketing because it's already like, you know, you know, building crescendo towards that. Where, where, where is it? I'll stop you there, Nathan. Where is the value right now for Tevin? I'm actually kind of interested. I, I don't, I don't think anyone is selling for less than an early first. An early first. Yeah, I, I, I think that selling him for a mid first is it doesn't make much sense. I, I feel like his value is right around the mid first area, but I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. But I think I don't know that I don't know that Twitter is caught up yet, or your league mates have caught up yet. Well, they should. <laughs> All right, Jake, what are your takes on Tevin and his pending free agency? Yeah, I mean, Tevin Coleman is an extremely explosive guy in space. Uh, you know, his his highlight tape is extremely impressive. He's, he lacks two traits that I am obsessed with with running backs, and it's uh, vision and contact balance. And he, he really doesn't show those. I don't think he's ever going to be a 1A in a backfield. I think the hype surrounding him is that he's going to be a, a – you know, bell cow type of back, whoever signs him next year. And I just, I don't see that. I, I like the player. I just, I think I'm lower than the consensus is. So I'd be looking at opportunities to sell high. And if this is the week where you own him, maybe float out offers. But again, I think you're, you know, you're risking a little bit of upside on this off season that I think this off season, regardless of where he goes to, his value is going to increase because people like new situations, new toys and, um, but yeah, he's he's a guy that I would be looking to sell um, when the value is the highest. Uh, let me ask you: If you're selling, what type of player deal? And I'll put you on the spot here, Jake. What kind of player deal are you kind of looking for? Or looks enticing to you if you're a Tevin owner, or maybe you are, and you're like trying to shop him right now. Maybe a James Connor type trade. Oh, that'd be. I would. I would give uh, a first. Um, I would trade Tevin Coleman and a first for. Oh, Jake, time. stop that! Do not no, no. easily. James no, Conner's a top twenty dynasty startup so asset right now. That's so bad. James Conner's a top Jake, twenty. We get along so well. That's, oh my god. Tevin Coleman and a first. Okay, I'm just, I, I do think that's a bit nuts. I think that's a bit on that. But but that's it's not crazy. But but Coleman could end up being what a top thirty five player in dynasty so adding a first to it's probably in the ballpark right? well the thing well the difference there is i i from my perspective james connor is going to be deservedly so in that top 20 tevin coleman is a guy that's probably going to be in that top 36 top three rounds probably next offseason i don't think his value is there now would i trade tevin coleman in an early first for james connor probably not would i trade a late first in tevin coleman for james connor Absolutely, because I believe in the talent. I'll take that deal all day because I think people are still, just like Nathan here, are a little bit down on James Conner, maybe not believing that he's I'm, – I'm not down. I'm, 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 I'm undowning on James Conner. I think he's a very good NFL player. Undowning? I think he's a top 10 dynasty running back. I don't think he's worth Tevin Coleman and a first-round rookie pick. Okay, let me – here, let me just throw out some names and let me ask a question on – if you're making trade offers for De- for Tevin, and I and I think selling him here, I, I think I, I'm completely on board with you, Jake. I think that this is the peak of his range of outcomes is being the bell cow in Atlanta and an explosive offense 
while Freeman is hurt, this is the time to sell. So would you be doing Coleman for Michelle? Which side would you want? I'd want Michelle there. Let's do well, let's let's just ask the question Coleman or Freeman? Coleman. That's tough. Like I'm a huge Devontae Freeman fan. I actually sold Tevin Coleman and Anthony Miller before the season started for um Devontae Freeman in a points per carry league, and I was absolutely thrilled about it. Um, I, I love Freeman. I've, I've sold a couple of the shares just because I'm competing in a bunch of leagues. I'm worried about his health, but I, I also think people probably worried more than I am. Um, that's tough, but I think I'd take Freeman there personally. Okay. What about Chubb? I would take Chubb for sure. Oh, Chubb. Yeah, for sure. I feel like Chubb's an easy selection there, but if you're looking at the ADP for this month, Chubb and Coleman are literally right next to each other right now. And that's even before free agency. So yeah. So just just saying that there's there's a there's a value there. So okay, let's um let's go ahead and move on. Unless you had anything else, Nathan, on that particular topic, and you're shaking your head, you do not. Uh, it came out that AJ Green in the bye weeks actually had a more serious injury than he was letting on. Um, looks like he is going to miss. Uh, I believe what the last report was at minimum two weeks. Uh, sounds like it could be a bit of sandbagging there and it could be significantly, I don't know about significantly more, but a decent bit more. So I guess the question becomes with AJ's injury, what's the implication? Who pops out? Is it a, is it a buy moment, a 30 year old wide receiver getting injured for the year or significantly injured is bad news or, and is it, or maybe it's a buy low because of that. I will kick to Jake first. Sure. I mean, I think AJ Green has been a buy for a long time. Any of these wide receivers that are over the age of 26 are tremendous values. You I was know, about to say Julio, AB, they, they put up the production, more production than these younger wide receivers, yet you can get discounted. So for as a guy that plays almost basically year to year in Dynasty Leagues because I want to win um, and I'll worry about next year, next year, um, I think it's definitely a, a buying window. Um I actually acquired a bunch of AJ Green this this uh, during this year, yeah. uh, one share last week, which I'm a little bit hurt by, um, and I've actually floated a bunch of offers potentially trading him, but that's because I may know I want to win. I'm a little bit worried about this year. Long term, I'm less worried, so I think it's definitely a, a buy now window or a buy low window. I don't think it's a it's a desperation sell. Well, if you're if you're competing, is this a guy that if you're eight and zero, for example, it looks like he'll be ready for the playoffs? Is this somebody that maybe if he's on a team that looks like it's going to start going the way of old Yeller? That's uh, take the team out back and shoot it with a shotgun. Uh, is that is that the type of player that you would be interested in kind of targeting to 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 make that playoff push? Well, now that the fact that it, it, it's come out that he doesn't need surgery, I think that's huge. I mean, that was last night I sent out about 20 offers with A.J. Green included to trade away because I was I was really worried that if this is surgery, he's done for the year. Um, I need production this year. Luckily, a bunch of people, and I thought they were really strong offers that I sent out. They all got declined so far. Um, so as long as he's, he's going to be coming back, I think it's definitely a guy to, to go acquire. Yeah, my take on the A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd situation is that this is this is the selling opportunity for Tyler Boyd. I have a bajillion Tyler Boyd shares, as everyone on this podcast knows. Yeah. Um, and, but I do think that his upside is capped. I mean, A.J. Green's going to be a Bengal for life, as uh, if anything accounts for it. And 
he has had Tyler Boyd has had a few big weeks this this year that might suggest to you he has like a wide receiver one type upside. As much as I like Boyd, I don't see him as that type of player. I see him as more of you know a low end wide receiver two in dynasty. And so if you can try try and get up into that wide receiver one range, like even if you can do like a, a Boyd for a Cooper, a Boyd plus for a Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper has a better shot at a, like a wide receiver one type you know ceiling than, than a Boyd does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that that's the exact right take. And as somebody who loves Boyd, that's a uh, that's very honorable of you to finally realize that it's time to you know jump ship and take. So I, mean, I guess let me ask the question before I go into maybe pivots away from Boyd while Green's out. Is there what valuation as a, a person uh, as a person who owns Boyd in a ton of places are you like looking value wise? Are you looking for like mid first valuation at this point to cash out? Oh but, no no no. I, I mean. It kind of depends on what the first of it's a 19 first and, you know, what my team is looking like. I mean, I'll just give you my real life example. Uh, today I was offered um, the Powell guy from the Lions and a 2021st for Boyd, and that was an easy no. I, yeah. in, in, in an attempt of just showing, hey, I need more, I, I countered uh, Kirk and a first in that 2021st for Boyd, and that was a no. And then he came back with uh, Cohen and a second for. Boyd and that was a no as well so that was just a bunch of no's but that was basically the exchange of the only Boyd exchange I've had recently and and that was it I mean I'd argue Cohen in a second is close to that as a mid late first at this point not after the dud of a weekend maybe but I mean that we were talking about that being in the first range valuation last week I believe yeah, I mean that, that's fine, but I, I, there's a it's a different ball game between Cohen and a second and a first because I see the first as a that has more upside than Cohen in the second. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, let me pivot then and ask just a question before we hop off of this because I've seen a ton of people picking up Josh Malone in my leagues, and he's still on the waiver wire in a couple of leagues. Is there anybody that you're picking up to kind of fill that role in the Bengals' offense, which just seemed a bit explosive? That I mean, is Malone somebody that interests you guys kind of going forward here with a couple of weeks? I mean, he's he's the only guy that's on waivers that I mean that you'd be interested in picking up. You know, John Ross is there, Uzuma is is rostered everywhere. Um, so I mean, I've picked them up in a bunch of spots, especially the the rosters that I have. AJ just because we we've seen it with these with these players, and Josh Malone has actually flashed. You know, he's had some productive games. Another so, another fourth round draft pick, by the I way. I mean, in dynasty leagues, anybody on the waiver wire is worth a shot. You know, if they're going to get some playing time, we saw Powell from the Lions get swept up everywhere last week uh, without doing a, a damn thing this week. Um, so I think I think Malone is definitely a guy that you want to pick up for free off your dynasty waiver wires and uh, see what happens. Yeah, and this is just the pessimistic view in me, but I have a bunch of Josh Malone and some like deep basketball dynasties, and I just know that this is going to be the Alex Erickson show, so no one cares. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next topic, and it's going to be the aforementioned Duke Johnson. He did sign that long-term extension with the Browns. He started the season not great because uh, that guy, Hugh Jackson, was terrible at using Duke Johnson in the passing game along with Todd Haley, so uh, – I think that guy, that guy, uh, that guy, Hugh Jackson on TV, though, seems like that seems to think that guy, Hugh Jackson, the coach, did a pretty decent job and kind of threw out his role. Did you see that? Yeah. 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 So, Duke Johnson, I, I, I think that obviously what we saw from him this past week, that is like the ceiling of his role. And as Chubb, you know, gets more of a cemented role, he, you know, the Johnson, you know, rushing role will, will decrease as well. But I, I do think that. 
we'll just see uh, from my perspective, I, I think that Johnson's the perfect best ball back. It's really going to be hard to, you know, trust him week to week. He's not going to have a bunch of like, you know, 17, 18 point games, but he'll have one of those every few weeks. And, you know, I, I just don't really like relying on guys that are all re- receiving upside and, and you're not really relying on the rushing, which seems to more have a, have a higher floor. I mean, Duke is Duke's probably Gio Bernard without the running upside, but he's he's the role behind Mixon, which Gio's startable in places. Duke's Duke, and I've said it on the podcast before, has never really intrigued me. Don't really own him anywhere, but I mean, what what Hugh Jackson was doing to him was criminal. Uh, I think if I'm looking at the points, he's had like three, five, four, thirteen, five, fourteen, six, three, and then he's got thirty this week after Hugh's gone. It's like, well, that's that is telling. Uh, so I mean, he he is he's a very talented football player, but uh, but he, he as as you mentioned, Nathan, he's tough to he's tough to stick in your starting lineup, especially if it's not PPR. Jake, yeah, I mean, Duke Johnson's obviously a talented guy. He was a was he close to an RB one last year? Yeah, he was. Like, he was like so, RB thirteen. I mean, he's, he's shown that talent, and some of these running backs come down to usage and volume, and we just don't know what's going to happen in that offense. Obviously. This was is a great sell high time uh, if you were looking to get out of that stock, uh, but they're not going to play the Chiefs every week either and be down by several scores. So um, he's not going to get that many targets. He's not going to get that kind of volume. He's obviously not going to get two touchdowns very often. Um, but you know he could be a guy that's that nice you know satellite back that's a safe low end RB two. It's just um, there's probably people that are valuing him higher than I am at this point. Hey guys, uh, with that said, let's go ahead and tell you guys about our sponsor, mybookie.ag. I mentioned them at the top of the show, and we all know that watching football is fun, uh, but it's more entertaining when you've got some action on the game, and you've heard us talking about it for weeks, uh, really weeks at this point. Uh, and some of you are still on the sidelines. If you waited this last week on the sidelines, you're, you are you obviously missed out. I don't know if you saw all the articles, if you saw all the tweets, the sports books were losing big. Um, so whether you're an expert or a rookie, uh, you should be betting at mybookie.ag. It's the easy way to bet sports. Um, so if you're the kind of guy who wants to bet a little and win a lot, uh, you can create big parlays by picking three teams to win. And if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into as much as 600 bucks. It's pretty good. Uh, so there's so much to bet on. You can do basketball, hockey, UFC, you name it. I think there's even Trump bets on there if you want to make bets. Uh, my bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. They've been in the business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is so easy to use. Uh, so back by popular demand, my bookie will be offering a 50% bonus for one more week this year. That's right. Uh, have you been thinking about placing that big bet um, and haven't manned up yet? Well, maybe you're tired of being off the sidelines like last week. Uh, well, it's time to make your move. So after Sunday's kickoff, you can kiss this bonus goodbye. So make sure you follow my uh, at BetMyBookie on Twitter and Instagram. They personally respond to every mention in DM, uh, not to mention they've given away nearly $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. So log on to my bookie right now. Don't miss out on our last opportunity to collect the industry leading's biggest bonus. Use Rotoviz uh, as your code and you'll get and we'll match your first week up to 50%. That's Rotoviz. You play, you win, you get paid. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. 
The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. All righty, let's get into our second half of topics. And our first topic is going to be George Kittle. We, we were talking about, I think, either last week or the week before, about the class of 2017 tight ends of O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, and David Njoku. But really, the guy that's kind of been lost and, you know, it was unlost by Nick Mullins was George Kittle. So uh, we can start with Jake here. Has George Kittle moved himself into the conversation with those tight ends into maybe a top six, top seven tight end? Or are you pumping the brakes here on some of this uh, George Kittle hype? I honestly think that six and seven is a little bit too low. I think he's vaulted himself. And you were talking to the biggest Evan Ingram truther on the planet. Um, I think he's right in that discussion with Evan Ingram, right at the top of those uh, rookie tight ends from last season. Uh, We know how athletic this guy was. He was an insane blocker at uh, Iowa. And now he is he's putting up huge numbers. I don't I don't see how you can say he's not a top five type dynasty tight end right now. I mean yeah. your your take I think is is clo- is pretty much spot on here. I think he's tied with Evan Ingram um, and OJ Howard probably, but the it, the rest of the class is pretty far behind that in in kind of what we've seen thus far. Uh, Kittle really is looking like he's the real deal, and and most tilting of all is what I'll say is I own zero shares of Kittle, which is insanely frustrating. Especially when you could get him in like the fourth round. I know. <laughs> I, th- thank you. I, hey, I have zero shares too, so I feel you. Oh, it's so brutal. And I and I usually pounce on those guys, the the very yeah. early round tight ends sure. too, and I just ended up with none of them. It's it's the guys like Ingram and and Howard that I stay away from because they're too expensive and you got to hold them on your roster forever. Yeah. And uh, always Ryan McDowell is spot on with whenever a player like this breaks out, he always does a bunch of random polls, you know, versus some guys that you wouldn't think would be in the conversation. But I, I think he did a poll with Rob Gronkowski and I think it was like 75% for George Kittle. Um, I think that's a little bit much, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, you might be right, Jake, that I was a little low at tiny six, seven. I think that honestly that class 2017 tight ends could very easily be like the top four tight ends, by the end of like 2019. So yeah, I, I'm definitely high on pretty much all those guys now. And I'm, you know, trying to get higher on George Kittle, but you know, my draft capital bias is just leaning more towards those higher drafted tight ends. But honestly, right now um, you, you said you, you were a fan, fan and you don't really have any shares. If you had any shares, would you be trying to sell right now? Or you think that the, the hype really hasn't caught up with the points yet? Yeah. I don't think the hype has quite got there yet. I mean, if I, if I think he's a top five, tight end i mean he's if especially if and that's a great thing about these young tight ends that are actually producing is they're young they're producing and you're probably needing them on your roster because the tight end landscape is just absolutely garbage a year in and year out so um he's a guy that i'm probably holding unless i get blown away by an offer yeah he kind of reminds me of, of travis kelsey and i'm trying to pull mm-hmm. this up where where kelsey was kind of slept on for a couple years while he developed and then he just exploded onto the scene that uh, what was it 2014 and now he's he's the he's the tight end one and 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 it's it's a tough to argue against that i feel like that's what we're watching right now where if you're buying kittle a i don't think his production starts to fall at all and two i think the ceiling is there where if he turns into this guy he could be the next kelsey totally agree and so I just talked myself into going out and buying some Kittle. 
There you go. All right, let's move on to our next player, and it's going to be Dalvin Cook. He returned from injury this week, had himself a big run, and according to NFL Next Gen Stats, he had was the fastest ball carrier of the year so far. Pretty surprising coming off a hamstring, hamstring injury. Obviously, uh, Latavius Murray got up the bulk of the you know volume, but I'm sure that will change after the Vikings have their bye week and uh, Cook has more time to rest those hamstrings. Uh, did we miss our buying window on Cook, Jake? I don't know if it got super low. I mean, it definitely was there for a little bit. I mean, <laughs> considering he was, what, an early second-round startup kind of value a couple months ago, he probably fell to – Maybe, what, a mid-third? What would you yeah, think? I'd say late third, early fourth. Okay. I mean, I don't know if he fell quite that far, but I sold the share last week. And um, honestly, it's a contending team where I'm, you know, playing really well. Um, I, I, you know, I traded him along with some other assets for Devontae Adams, which I needed wide receiver. I felt good about it. Um, but, I mean, Delvin Cook was a guy that I'm a huge fan. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Vikings fan, so um, I'm super familiar with him um, and that offense. I do still worry about that offensive line is is not very good. Uh, the running backs, I mean, Latavius is looking as good as he probably ever has. And somehow um, the last few weeks the, the running game has actually turned around and actually looks pretty good. But I still worry about that offensive line. I still worry about um, – Latavius, you know, getting some carries, getting some goal line work. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of wishy-washy at this point. I mean, yeah, he's at the price tag he's at, he's probably a buy because I think I think if anything proves correct, it's that watching that one run from Dalvin Cook, suddenly his value catapulted back up. <laughs> uh so Twitter is enthralled with this man, uh, and your and your teammates are too. Where where he is that type of explosive explosive player, which we all knew, but we forgot over seven weeks because it's dynasty. And why do we remember things longer than six weeks? I I don't know. Uh, but this is this is another one of those examples where uh, I I turned down offers for Cook that I now wish I had accepted because I was very short term in, in my mindset. And then I mean the injuries are still concerning, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is one of those things where a does he get the does he get all the carries the rest of the season? Probably not. Murray's at least earned a, a share of those carries, so at most he's getting seventy percent. Uh, and we're banking on him staying healthy. So I, I guess I see a situation where I'm not trying to buy him, and if I have Cook, I'm not trying to sell him. So I think I'm in limbo as well. I think the valuation that he's at now is correct. I think the valuation he was at prior to this whole hullabaloo was probably way too high. Yeah, I think that it, it is somewhere in the middle. And we always talk about that there are certain players that the truther is always the one that owns them. And I, I feel like when I was, you know, Dalvin Cook trying to bargain shop over the last few weeks, I wasn't really getting where, anywhere. There weren't really many counters back on my offers. And that's not just because all my offers are terrible. It's because they didn't want to trade Dalvin Cook. So uh, that's kind of my take is that the, uh, the, the truth is already happened, so it's kind of hard to acquire him. But – you know, he, he is definitely a guy who I think can be, you know, a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 the rest of the season. I think yeah. he's just a future play at this point. Like, if you're going to trade for Delvin, you're not like – because that was the thing. I was contending. I don't just – I don't see the high volume for the rest of the season. So, for me, I was going to trade him probably a little bit low, but I was going to trade him because I wanted production this year. If you're a contender, he's, he's hard to pay that much for when you're probably not going to get the Delvin Cook we know and expect this year. I mean, one thing that I'll toss, I'll float out here is what are the chances that the Vikings realize, okay, we always need a a Latavius Murray type guy to spell Cook 
and we always have somebody like this. And they've realized like almost what the Dolphins did for Miller, where they're like, okay, we're never going to fully run him out there. We're going to let him, you know, we're going to give him 15 carries a game and that that's where they kind of set the cap at. I wouldn't be shocked if that ends up being the case because he can't stay healthy on that bell cow roll. Or, or they just or they just keep putting him out there when he's healthy and then he gets nicked up again. I mean, that was that was really the only concern I had about Devin Cook other than some of his play strength, but um that was really the big concern uh, coming out of FSU was just the durability and it's shown so far early on in his career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh all right, well let's pivot over to uh to somebody that I was sending a couple of Nathan type polls out about last night, a couple of little intoxicated polls that I was sending out in front of the television. Um, and that's Mark Marquez Vas, Va, Valdez Scanting. I almost pulled it off, but I was calling him MVS because I didn't feel like Googling his name last night. That's how lazy I was being. Uh, but he looked, he looked athletic. He looked amazing. He looked great. He looked like the future in green Bay. Um, and I think that Twitter after a prime time game and your, your teammates after a prime time game are going to start being uh very very high on on the on mvs so let me ask nathan uh reel us back into earth because i had a poll last night that was a first round draft pick for first uh valdez scantling and it was pretty much the late first round was pretty much even the mid first round was right around 30 to 70 25 to 70 yeah, and I'd say before the last couple weeks, as he has had a couple of good weeks strung together in a row, that many people would have said, okay, if you take a second rookie pick for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you're just taking the profit and you're getting a better prospect next year. But I think that's no longer the case. You can't accept a second rookie pick for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. It has to be a first. Yep. And then you kind of get into the scenario where we talk. I mean, I say, I've say i I've said this phrase 8,422 times in this podcast, worth Less than a first, worth more than a second, and that's where we are with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Well, if that's the price tag, I'll just go out on a limb and say I'm buying there because I think McCarthy's days are numbered, and I think that Rodgers sees the talent there as well, and the next coaching staff will as well. And maybe maybe, maybe the current coaching staff sees the talent there. He's just unable to get enough time on the clock to actually throw him the football. Yeah, I mean, Matt Williamson floated out – uh, Kenny Galladay type of rise in oh, value stop. last night. So, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm certainly not there. But I, the the tools are there in that offense. I mean, what does that offense need? They need a guy that can stretch the field. And if Aaron Rodgers trusts you, you are going to see the field. You're going to see opportunities. Unless you're Aaron Jones. Uh, but Randall Cobb, obviously, I'm. I've always been a fan of Randall Cobb. But he he has a hard time staying healthy. They've showed you know, with a potential trading of him this offseason that there's some concern about him there long-term. Uh, Geronimo Allison, I think, is a replacement-type talent. So, uh, he, foreseeably, he could be the wide receiver, too, in this offense for the next handful of years. I mean, what's the value there? I think that's easily a late first. If not, I mean, I don't think I'd, I wouldn't pay higher than that, but I think I'd pay a late first, possibly, for MVS. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I certainly – I think I'm there too, by the way, Jake. I think I think I'm at pay a first round draft pick for MVS. If you're contending right now, he's a player that's going to help you this year, and I think will be a value later. Yeah, and, and for me, when I say that like, I would struggle to do that, it, it's more so like it's so hard to pay that. Pr- and it's kind of the scenario where it so often burns you, where you you don't want to pay the price where the the guy has gone from like a third round rookie pick to 
a late first, but then he ends up being worth like a mid first by, you know, the off season. So there's certainly room for his value to climb, but I think that the, the number of factors with there's all there's the other young wide receivers in green Bay, there's a the potential for free agency and other draft picks. You know, there probably aren't going to spend more draft picks after, you know, spending three of the wide receiver position this past year. But still, I, I think that, his his value is still volatile. He's certainly not a, what I would consider a safe asset quite yet. Oh, no, and I, I think that that's totally fair. But I think if you're contending this year, you can afford to gamble on the production now and then also gamble on the value later. I think he's the type of guy that if you're in with a philosophy, Jake has, always, has listed out this entire podcast we're trying to win. I think he's a smart buy if you still have your first left over. Um, although that does, you bringing up all the, all the rookie wide receivers they drafted this year does remind me, Jamon Moore, where are you at? Where yeah, you at? I love Jamon Moore. I love taking him in the third round. I have him in so many leagues, and yeah. it's like, well, guess those are gone. It's like the New England backfield where you should have just taken the cheapest one with Valguez in the in the late fourth and just rolled with I mean, that's what, I have a number of Aldo Scantling shares, and that's the exact reason why. I, <laughs> I, I even have some I even have some St. Brown shares where I'm just I mean, they're all they're all decent gambles, but there hasn't been a single sniff of more buzz, to my knowledge, that has happened to date with all these injuries. He did have one game with like four catches for ninety eight yards or something, uh, St. Brown, but nothing else. Um, let's wrap up this show with Curtis Samuel talk. Uh, Dan has said uh, in his absence that he would like to take a victory lap on Curtis Samuel. I will not allow that because he has traded me Curtis Samuel in several leagues, so I am the bigger Curtis Samuel fan than, than Dan Sanyo. Uh, I am draft capital till I die. Curtis Samuel, perfect example of a guy who's drafted high and the people sour on him after a injured and, you know, porous rookie year. And honestly, he didn't really have a hot start to the season either. But, you know, now we've seen the last few weeks, he's been a productive wide receiver. He's been, you know, I, this just shows how many weapons Cam has now with, he has Curtis Samuel, he has DJ Moore, and he has Devin Funches. So I, I think that obviously of those three, Samuel would be third on that list. But I think that he is a guy who is worth like an early second right now. Yeah, I mean that's with with especially how electric he was this this last game. I think that's that's an easy argument. I mean his valuation in this month's ADP is right around looking at it. Uh, Theo Riddick and Austin Hooper. Oh, and C.J. Anderson in valuation. So. Um, uh, and actually, looking at the next name on the list is MVS. Good God, things change quickly in this game. Uh, but yeah, no, you're you're exactly right, Nathan. I think a second round pick is going, but I think a second round pick after this game will be tough to um, tough to pull off. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, yeah, no, no, I, I said early second, thinking like as I'm the seller, what would it take for me to part with Samuel right now? Okay, yeah, I mean, and and I still think I, I don't know. I feel like it, it, maybe you wait two weeks and you go after Samuel, but yeah, that's probably where you would need to be after this week. Though I bet you they would hold your your feet over the fire for first. Man, yeah, that's surprising to me. I mean, I like Curtis Samuel. He was a guy that was coming out uh, of Ohio State, where you know he was kind of that wide receiver, running back hybrid, super explosive, but super raw as a route runner. Um, not a whole lot of finesse to his game. Uh, get the guy, get the guy in space, and let him do his work. Um, I don't know. I just, I think this is kind of what he's going to be. He's going to be a, a monster performance, and then a streak of weeks where he doesn't, you know, see hardly any targets. I mean, the, I think that's the kind of player he is. I'd probably be looking to cash out if I could get that kind of evaluation on the player personally. Uh, but I see the, the upsides there. And Cam, you know, this Panthers offense is starting to look really good. This is the best 
um, core talent Cam has ever had to play with. Um, so if he works up the volume, then, you know, the upside is immense. But I just don't see it being consistent whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, does this and does this impact McCaffrey's value more than anything else in your guy? Like, just dump off passes with an electric player? No, nothing affects no. McCaffrey's value. He's a top three, four nice running back. So. <laughs> well, then I'll go ahead and crawl back into my hole here. All right. <laughs> in the hole, maybe I'll wrap up the show. Nathan, you got anything else on Samuel? Uh, no, just uh, ask for a lot if you're going to sell him. All right. Very good. Well, uh, just before we wrap up the show, I do want to remind everybody that I have this plate of dog poo for Nathan to have uh, as soon as we turn off. <laughs> uh, not really. It's not going to happen. Uh, I do want to thank our host. Our, yeah, our host. Yeah, actually, he is the most talented podcaster currently on this podcast. So, uh, Jake Anderson, you can follow him on Twitter at Jake Anderson FF. You can also hear him and Peter on the Dynasty Crossroads podcast. Uh, uh, God, why can't I think of the word podcast when we're on a podcast? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, on the DLF network. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to plug for yourself? No, that's it, man. Uh, I don't write a whole lot for DLF, but I'm super active on Twitter, and uh, I, I really enjoy doing the podcast with Peter. We break down one play at a time from a film and analytical perspective. It's kind of a film metrics from back in the day type of vibe. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can catch me if you ever want to interact on Twitter. I'm there way more than I should be. Fair enough. Well, um, on that note, go ahead and leave if you like this podcast, which I assume if you made it to this point in the show, you probably did. It would be kind of weird, like if you made it like forty-five minutes to a podcast and like we're just like cringing the entire time. Uh, if you if you made it this far, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review. We always appreciate those five-star ratings and reviews. Help listeners find us. Um, and to be fair, the league's already over this year if you're winning right now if you're eight no nobody's catching you so just go ahead and tell your league mates about it uh five star ratings reviews do help um and i guess on that note i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for nathan not dan and myself we will catch up with you guys next week The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.